Having agency is defined as the capacity of individuals to act independently and to make their own free choices. Tune in to get an inside look at the inspiring uphill climb of businesswomen from around the world. I'm your host, Cheryl Gillihan, and this is Woman-Owned Agency. Leslie, welcome to the Woman-Owned Agency podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, it's been a long time coming that we've been talking about this <laughs> and having you on the episode. So glad you're here and excited to learn a little bit more about your journey and to share your story with everyone else. So yeah. introduce yourself, introduce the Shields Agency, um, and a little bit more. And we'll talk about the rebranding and all of that as we go through yeah. this process. But <laughs> that'll be a really good thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am Leslie Shields. Botvidson. Um, I own the Shields Agency, and we are an insurance agency. So we primarily are doing health and life for individuals, seniors, and uh, small businesses. But we are also da, 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 launching a home, auto, and commercial insurance division. So we should be up and running with that in the next couple of months. So we branded as the Shields Agency instead of the Shields Health Insurance Agency because I knew there was growth coming. Um, And so here we are and we are expanding. So all of the insurance is very soon. That is really exciting. So tell me a little bit about when the Shields Agency started and what was your first kind of step into that? Yeah, so um, I've been in the business, I was counting it up since 2015, um, and I was an independent and started working with some larger companies and larger agencies, had a friend who kind of got me into it. I love sales. I do. I'm I'm one of those sales freaks. I love sales. I think I could like, this was like born. I spent most of my educational career in the hallway because I can talk to anyone and everyone. Um, So they finally just stuck me out there and that's where I stayed most of the time. But they Shields Agency 2015. I started as an independent. And then in November of 2019, I went completely on my own, left all of the other agencies and got my agency license. So it was, you know, 2020 launching the independent agency um, and really just started. I had good people who were part time assistants and kind of already in my sphere and was able to bring a lot of we got to start getting unsettled times and tumultuous times bring us a lot of business because people are changing jobs. They need health insurance. It's COVID. Here we go. We're crazy. We're exploding. And so we were able to bring on several agents in 2020. So agency license and started like agency um, in March of 2020. Okay. We're going to dive a little bit more into that 2020 story (laughs) because that is when I met you and there was a lot that happened that year, (laughs) but let's step way back. What was your first kind of like inkling that you might go into entrepreneurship or be a business owner? Yeah, both my parents own their own business and they're both independent professionals. My mom is an LCSW and has been a therapist primarily for kids, kids on Medicaid for my whole life. She went to school, got her master's program when I was a kid. And then my dad is um, a financial advisor and he'd been independent for a long time too. So they both own their own businesses and just kind of, I taught right after college, taught school, kinder and pre-K. And I had a degree in communications, but it was a, like 07, 08, you couldn't get a job doing anything. And so I got a job teaching. Um, so taught for a couple of years and then started out into, into sales and had some side ventures 
and projects. And I've always kind of just had my hands in a lot of different things and knew when I was leaving what the last job I had was in pediatric home health care. I'd been there for several years and I knew my next venture was going to be on my own. So. That's really awesome. And you knew it was going to be in the health space, right? Well, it was odd as I didn't exactly, I mean, I had thought about doing like a wine magazine. I had all kinds of things that I had kind of just played around with. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but um, because I had a friend and it was self-employed, but really 1099, you weren't really on your own. Um, and it wasn't really your business, but <laughs> they, they kind of pitched it like it was. And that was kind of my first gig into the entrepreneur space. And she traveled a lot and she made good money. I was like, that looks good. I think I can do that. And so I just, it just kind of good timing worked out. My uh, pediatric home healthcare company had been bought out by a national company. And that wasn't for me either because I really liked working for small local businesses. And um, so the timing was really, really good. And I had just met, started dating my husband who owned his own business. And honestly, I don't think that if I hadn't also become self-employed that we probably would have kept dating because it was a world I could not understand. Um, you know, having this cush six figure work, maybe 20 hours a week corporate job. I was, I was, had been doing it for several years and I was pretty good at it. And so my, I was in field sales and I didn't have to do that much anymore to make meet my numbers. So I didn't work very hard and I made a lot of money and he was over there being an entrepreneur. And so, um, me getting started in kind of my own gig, I think really he became a rock for that journey for me. Yeah. And that journey is a tumultuous one. We talked yeah. a little bit about 2020, <laughs> you know, a lot of things got thrown at yeah. a lot of people, um, but you had a particularly hard year that year. We had a particularly hard year. Yeah. So I went completely independent with my agency in November, 2019, um, March, 2020, same week as lockdown, we found out we were pregnant. And so lockdown, pregnancy, and I was due in November, which in the, in the health insurance world is open enrollment. And it's like, we make 70% of our income in a few months. And it was just me by myself. And I absolutely knew I had to hire or the company was going to go away. That was just, I mean, it was all there is to it. And so I was very, very sick during my pregnancy. I had a uh, hypermesis gravitiosis, HG, same thing. I always tell people it's what Kate Middleton has, right? Like she's always so skinny and on tabloids when she's pregnant. It's because she throws up the whole time. Um, but I was the people in my sphere who had, you know, been an assistant or in my world. I had a couple of people who were interested in um, getting licensed and then had Heather, who was my assistant at the time, had expressed interest. I called her. So, hi. Hey, so you mentioned you might want to get licensed. Let's talk about that. Um, and so we brought her on as an agent. And then um, Johnetta, my assistant, she's been with me for years and years. She, between her and Heather, they saved the company. We brought on Brandy, who I put out a post on Facebook and said, hey, I'm hiring in summer of 2020. And everybody was like, yeah. I'm at home. I hate my job or I've been left off, you know, laid off. And um, so she came on, got licensed and her husband was my first friend, very first day of college. So the people in my world who work with us have all been referred from somebody who works with us as their good friend or whatever. It's like, a, it's, it's a family that's kind of grown. Um, although I say that, but we brought a few in just from putting posts out in mom's Facebook groups. Hey, we need an assistant. Hey, we need this. And we've been able to recruit that way too. But yeah, building the agency first year, 2020 was like insane. 
it was a lot. It was really insane. It was, um, yeah. I mean, just keep going, right? Those are the two choices. You give up and it crumbles and everything you worked for is gone or you plow through it. So, and I think exactly. good people around me and on my team are the only reason that happened. Yeah, and I think that's the main thing. Like as entrepreneurs, we don't ever do it alone. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, as an owner, as the CEO, as the leader of the company, you know, sometimes we're the face of the company. Um, we might be the mentor, um, but we have a lot of either supporters around us or even other experts around us really helping us, guide us, give us the answers that we need. Um, I know that when I first became a business owner, there were just so many things I didn't know. I knew the the things we were supposed to do, but then, you know, I'd get another letter from the IRS or I'd get another letter from the lawyer. I'd get another letter from the CPA. And I'm like, I have to do what? What kind of report? Where do I find that information? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's totally a team. And I always say my superpower has been knowing when I'm not good at something. Like, I think a lot of people struggle, especially because entrepreneurs are very type A. We struggle like delegating and we struggle giving stuff out because in the beginning we have to do it all. And then as you start to grow, putting the right tasks in the right hands of the right people, I think are what can make or break success. Mm -hmm. And so what was that like? I mean, you already had team members that were working with you, that were assisting you. Um, that you had some trust established with, but you know you were leveling them up. You were yeah. you were changing their duties. What was that yeah. like in that first year? Oh my God! Well, I mean, I think it, it's just it doesn't stop that, right? Like when you are in growth mode, to me, you bring the right bodies in, and then you're able to assess, utilize, and grow those humans into larger part, larger roles and larger, larger pieces of your company. I mean, I think, I'm I'm sure hopefully my mother doesn't listen to this, but Heather knew I was pregnant before my mom (laughs) because, because I was like, um, so (laughs) you want to help me save a company? Appreciate it. (laughs) Um, and I would say that like that, my, my team is mostly women and, um, there has been a a really great understanding. And, and for the most part, all of them have had pretty difficult pregnancies and difficult births and, and just like, we all kind of understand that journey. Um, and so I think because that's where we started as an agency with me going through everything I went through and my team saving me, there's this level of, culture like we just said one of our teammates just had a baby the other day right and we're all like oh my god you better have your husband text us somebody better text us we need to like don't leave us hanging for three days right um and so it's just a culture of support in that environment and then I think reshaping what this looks at I saw um an interview with the director of women talking on CBS Sunday morning this weekend and one of the lead actresses was like, because she she wrote it or produced it and they wanted her to be the director too. And she's like, no, 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 I have three young children. I cannot do that. I can't work those hours. That's not in my space. I can do this, but I can't do that. And um, I can't remember the actress's name, but she was like, mm-hmm. well, we, I, we really want you to do this. So we just change what it looks like, right? 
men have created those really long hours for years and years and years. And that's the standard they set. But that doesn't mean that that's what we have to do. And I feel like that's where I'm getting really passionate is it doesn't have to look the way he did it. It can look the way we need it to look for us to function and have work-life balance and take care of our families, but yet still be really successful at the same time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it's interesting that you started your agency at a time when two really important things were happening and changing in our society culturally, all of a sudden, even though some agencies like mine have been working virtually and from home for a really long time successfully, it was now common practice. And everybody seemed to be like figuring it out and wanting to do it really well. And you had this opportunity to create balance for women and families and those who are wanting to succeed for themselves and kind of step into new roles in this environment that allowed you to work virtually, which was really nice. The yeah. other thing that happened during that year is that I think I saw a an article in, um, it might've been New York Times or one of the other larger publications. And it, it asked a question about whether or not people were cutting healthcare during the pandemic. And it shocked me so much. I was so surprised. Um, and I remember getting the press pass and I thought, why would companies cut healthcare when we're in the middle of a health crisis? But I get it. It's one of those things that it's, it's an overhead expense that is easy to cut back on. Um, and it can be a substantial expense for a company. And there were so many losses during that year, you know, and some businesses I can understand, like maybe had no choice mm -hmm. to do that. Um, well, and, and luckily we do have a structure now where there is somewhere to go. Mm -hmm. And for my company, because we work in the business individual and Medicare space, if we were losing here, like losing on this end, because a group was cutting, we were saying, hey, let us help your people. We'll help them over here on individual. Um, so that structure really, I mean, I can't imagine what would have happened without it. Yeah. And so did that um, promote the growth of your business at that time? Because I feel like you more than doubled and exploded during that yeah, time. We, um, oh, my God. Yeah, we've our growth rates went at 50 or 60 percent for the last, I mean, two years, three, I guess, starting in what is that? 21, 22, 23, last three years, we've been at like 50 and 60 percent growth. Um, yeah, because when people are unsure and people don't know what to do, they look for help. And we had built up enough of a reputation and people knew my name in the industry that as we started, all of this is happening, they're, they're calling and they trust us and they trust our name and they trust the person who referred them to us. And so we were able to help. It's like, we sell insurance, right? We're an insurance agency, but especially in the health space, it's, we're solving this massive problem that for a lot of families is life, death, or bankruptcy, mm -hmm. um, or having to choose like, okay, well, mm, you know, am I going to the doctor this month or not? And especially dinner and, and, and I have started using the world, the words worldwide plague, because let's be real. That's what we just went through. <laughs> like when I have to get super serious and to me, when I look back on it, 
the, the, those are the terms that feel the most appropriate to the crazy, right? So yeah, I mean, a lot of things kind of came in place and we, but because we had our hands in all the lines of business, we were able to, to help pick up the pieces. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it, it just means that I believe that any business can actually be a social impact business, but in the health space, particularly, it really yeah. is crucial. And like you said, it's, life, death, or bankruptcy a lot of times, you know, and, and they're hard decisions and it is very costly to go to the doctor, um, or to have insurance in general. And so having options is really important. So thank you for what you do. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's been crazy. <laughs> yeah. And it has been crazy because now you're actually expanding into other types of insurance. Mm -hmm. What brought that on? Yeah. It was, you know, it was so funny as I knew I'm a big believer in manifestation and, you know, being very vocal about what you want. And I, you know, I'm writing it down, I'm manifesting it. I'm um, saying at the beginning of the year, I want to add an agent. I want to grow revenue. I want to do X, Y, and Z. Well, I didn't, I wasn't like evidently specific enough. <laughs> and I, and I haven't, we've, been we get referrals for that line of business all the time and we've just handed them out to referral partners and um it's getting to where they just people want us to help them with more things and we want to be able to help them and I had the right person with the right skill set who I've been friends with for seven eight years and uh, my team kind of brought it up they were like well, why don't we just bring on a PNC person I was like because yeah, our, you know, working through different referral partnerships and they're like, why don't we just get our own person? You want to grow, grow anyway? And I was like, that's good. This is a good idea. Thanks guys. Um, and so I reached out to a friend and I said, okay, so don't, please don't be offended, but do you not want to do what you're doing now? want to come and develop this entire agency underneath me instead. <laughs> I really didn't want to offend her because she kind of had her own thing going and but it's all working out. Sounds like it's it, moving I mean, it's, forward. It is moving forward. It's a lot of pieces though, right? It's a, it's a different space. Um, and I, my kind of outlook for this and, it, and, you know, I'm not a direct producer anymore in my health insurance agency either. Um, I'm managing, I'm visionary, I'm execution. I'm not doing the day-to-day -day phone calls and, um, which has allowed me to get to the place I'm at now with being able to, you know, grow and develop another line, line of the business. And um, I see that's what I want my role to be in this line of business as well as I want to be able to grow, develop and execute. But but my partner who knows the business and has 10 years of experience is the one who is going to be making those phone calls and doing the day to day stuff. And um, which doesn't mean I'm not busy. It just means I'm busy differently. <laughs> exactly. So three years into your independent agency going mm -hmm. on going on for was it 2019 that you started it? Yeah. At the yeah. end of 2019. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's a very short time period to go from working in your business to working on your business. Do you attribute that to the fact that, you know, you did get pregnant, you did get sick, you had to rely on others? Or was there some other driver there that allowed you to kind of shift that mindset? Because yeah. I'm about the same amount of time in my business, maybe like a year or so longer. I mean, I've been at the business for a long time, but as an owner, I still feel like I'm 
somewhat in the business quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I would love to be where you're at and um, be working on it more than in it. And so what attributed to that, do you think? I think it's a lot of things. Um, One, I had I started EO Accelerator in February of 2019 or 2020. So I had one in-person meeting and then we went all virtual, but it was still there. And the, the learning pieces were still there on that's the kind of the whole point of that program is to like get you to that place and teach you all of the business owner skills. Um, and I, I knew I wanted to be eventually where I am now, but I think I did get there really quickly because I didn't have a choice right? It was start delegating, start other people are going to have to do things because I physically could not. And so the universe said, you know, it was a massive push to get me there quicker. And once I was there, like once I was out because I was so sick and then I was, I was out completely for three weeks during open enrollment. Like, no, Harrison was born November 5th. My team gave me three solid weeks of not having to talk to anyone to be at home with a new baby. And they did that all on their own. So they had that time to learn that they could do it and they didn't need me. And I had the time to learn that they could do it and they didn't need me. What a silver lining to something that seemed like a really horrible and awful scenario to be in and to cross that hurdle and feel like, wow, I probably wouldn't be where I am today had mm-hmm. that not happened and forced it to happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's funny. And I think once you go through one of those, it's like nothing else is scary. Even with like launching this PNC, we're running into a few like, oh, it's a little harder than I want it to be. This is a little more difficult than I wish it was. It's like none of it matters because in my mind, there's no doubt that we will get to the other side and be successful because what you've been through hell and back. You're like, it's great. I got it. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. pretty incredible. So tell me a little bit about, you know, the partnership and the environment at home when you've got two completely separate businesses, mm-hmm. two business owners and yeah. a toddler. Yeah, it's a lot. Like my Facebook profile, little tagline on there says two crazy entrepreneurs spinning through the tornado of toddlerhood. Because <laughs> That's what it is. There's a lot of balance. And um, number one, it's hiring help, hiring household help, not just company help. Like we have, you know, a nanny who helps us and makes our life function. And we would literally die without her. Um, I mean, she not only picks up the house and all that, she's here with our son. And there's no like, oh, he's sick five days a week from daycare. And I have to go randomly pick him up because that I couldn't handle on my schedule. And with my husband's schedule, it would just be awful, right? Having that unexpected, sorry, one of you is going to have to choose who gets to run a day to day. And occasionally that happens, like if her kids get sick, but really, I mean, we're, we're pretty steady around here. So it's household help that makes a huge difference. It's grandparents. My parents and my husband's parents are both pretty close and they help out a lot. And um, I, it's carving out time and scheduling. So, I mean, and there's some days, some weeks where our son thinks that when I walk in, he goes, bye daddy. Or when daddy walks in, he says, bye mommy. Because he, he thinks that one of us is coming and the other is going. Um, The way we've been kind of able to offset that is 
last summer we traveled for three weeks we were gone and this summer we're going to be together for a month and that is the time that we can carve out because we are entrepreneurs the rest of the year may be insane but we get to you know kind of take that piece in the summer um to work That's meal amazing. planning meal planning I meal plan I cook everything for a whole week on Sundays that's so amazing. It's just a lot of balance for sure. Yeah. And I think carving out that time, especially for longer periods like that, three weeks or a month or something like that, that's when you get to really create some memories. And that is what is remembered um, over time. So it's not the the day-to-day little stuff really. So that's really awesome. I was um before the pandemic happened, before everything went virtual, I was going to a lot of events. I was traveling a lot for work. Um, one of the things that I kind of delegated-ish, uh, and it wasn't household help, but I did clothing rentals and it was a lifesaver just to have new outfits to go to ah. all of the events that I was going to, that I knew were going to fit me, that were going to be stylish, um, yeah. that I could travel with and then I could stick in a bag and I didn't have to wash them and I just shipped them back. Yeah. And so that that's service yeah. was yeah. a lifesaver during that time. And it was just a small thing. Mm-hmm. Like I never would have thought that that would have made such an impact and such a difference, but I could feel it's confident awesome. and good about yeah. myself when I was going to those events. Yep. It's the grocery delivery. It's the clothing rental. It's, you know, the time. Sometimes I go to the grocery store because Harrison likes to go. And if we have the time, I carve it out. We go, he likes Central Market because they give him snacks, toddlers, (laughs) snacks go hand in hand. Um, And when they, oh, they didn't have snacks up one day. And he was like, where's the pretzels? (laughs) (laughs) Not happy that there were no pretzels. (laughs) Yeah, it's all the is right like they just it's how we function Mm -hmm. and it's great that we've got new and new uh new and better tools coming out all the time to help us with some of those things some of them are not great some of them are scams um but some of them are really awesome and really beneficial um and help us a lot so well, um, this is all about women-owned agencies, and I would love to hear if there are any partner agencies that you work with or any local women um, that you would like to give a shout out to um, mm-hmm. that are local and, and women-owned, or even if they're not local, doesn't matter. Yeah. So I would say that most of our referral partners are women. It just it just kind of comes that way. I do a lot um, in women's EO and I've been able to form just like amazing friendships and business relationships throughout that that organization. And those women are in Dallas and Fort Worth. Um, I've worked with some really great property and casualty agencies. I mean, one of my, my girlfriends, we've worked together for, we've been friends 15 years and she owns property and casualty agency. And we've been able to work back and forth together. And some of the women we're reaching out to, in fact, I would say most of the people we're talking to right now on gathering intel on how to build what we're launching is women and they are giving and sharing and they're like, sure, what do you need to know? Um, I've had some fantastic mentors through EO, not local, but women who own benefits agency. Dr. Kristen Kale has, I mean, been a really great mentor for me as well. Um, And then just, I think the business owner, the female business owner friendships that I've been able to make through EO have been I mean, really, really impactful. Um, Tanglewood Moms, Victoria Wise, has 
I mean, practically launched and carried my business. She has a group of 26,000 women that are local. And it's, I use it like Google. <laughs> Who needs Google? <laughs> you can go just go search Tanglewood Moms for the answer. Um, and they have made worthy media. And so she's been an awesome partner as well in helping get our, our name out there. That's awesome. Yeah, really good well, accountants. Good accountant is everything. And you have the same bookkeeper that I have. She's mm -hmm. woman she's awesome. I love yeah. her. <laughs> she's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, I had one of my employees early on. Actually, she wasn't an employee. I used the company she worked for, for like bookkeeping and a whole bunch of stuff. And um, she ended up taking an opportunity somewhere else. But when she, she referred half my staff, they all used to work together in oil and gas. And she enjoyed being with us so much. She told all these other people who'd been, you know, oil and gas went down, people lose their jobs to come. And I still have, you know, three or four of those people in my sphere who get all the things done. That's really great. So, All right. Well, we'll share these names in the show notes so that people mm -hmm. can get them. And um, if they need referrals to any of these women-owned businesses, we'll have them there. I want to backtrack just a little bit and ask one more question. Um, and that is, we've talked a lot about how your business has grown really fast. Some of that was the environment. Some of it was some of the, the scenarios that you had to go through um, because you were pregnant, because you were sick. Um, some of it has just been the support system that you've had around you. But you know, for the other business owners out there, marketing is a conversation that, you know, we like to have around, like, what do you do around marketing? Like your business has grown super fast yeah. and keeps doubling and growing and scaling. What do you do around marketing? Yeah. So um, I guess I'll touch on the branding, that rebrand that we did first. We did that rebrand last year um, and really, and I'm sure you can show it in the show notes too. We really had to figure out where our sweet spot was and what set us apart. And what set us apart is that we are women owned and that we sell health insurance like women. We have mom to mom conversations. And even if it's a mom with a dad, you know, whatever, a guy, and we talk to our clients like they are family and like they, we, we treat them like we want our families to be treated. And so we took all of that, right. It's those figuring that out was number one is what sets you apart and why are you special? And then taking that and incorporating that into our branding and our logo is a super woman. And like, it's, a, it's, she's got a cape on and some high heels and, you know, our branding and verbiage all talks about um, being women owned and, and we know the meaning of healthcare and like we focus on the care part of that in the words. And um, we worked with Holland Sanders. I don't know if you know Holland. She's yeah, PR locally, yes. and she came in and did a huge workshop with us on trying to get to the root of these things and like having these conversations. And I think we have a playbook about that big. Um, I've actually we'll put her in the notes too because I've referred Holland a couple of times recently. It's is she has those conversations to help you figure out what sets you apart. Um, and so we built the rebrand on that, and then that's that's how who we market to. We we work in Facebook mom groups. We work with. Um, local networking and other women's networking and, you know, kind of spawn, everything kind of comes out of being authentic to who we are, figuring out who we were, being authentic to who we were, and then working in that space is where we have excelled. Um, 
the only guy who works with us is my dad and he's, <laughs> and everybody else is a woman. And so not trying to be something we're not, but, but really being authentic in who we are and why we are not the same as, I mean, it's women in insurance is a minority. Um, young women in insurance is even more of a minority. And um, so just playing in our strengths. And I think that that could go for everybody and anybody is figuring out what your strengths are, why your customers love you, and then settling into it. That's really great. I mean, I think it lends something a little bit different to that conversation, too. Um, mm -hmm. It's so interesting. You were talking about, you know, going into Facebook groups and I obviously have my own social profiles and my own kind of brand that I've built up over the years. Um, and we've got company profiles too. And on the company profile, we do talk a lot about our work and what we do, but on my personal profiles, I tend not to talk about the business. Um, even though it's like everything to me, I do so much within the business. Right. Um, and I think it was last week or the week before I, finally posted something related to like our business services. It was after we had the EO Expo and I realized, you know what? More than half of you do not know what I do. <laughs> I feel like we had this at the EO Expo. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make a post. And I had several people comment. Um, mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing what you do. And I think there's been this stigma Um around this separation between work and life that I felt like if I was talking about my business and what I can offer on my personal profiles, um, even though that's where I have the greater following and the people that trust me and like me and know me. The algorithm. And the algorithms, right? It, like, and right? it's going to be seen. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be seen that I am being too salesy or that I am abusing those relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and I'm doing, I'm doing a speaking engagement next week on this uh, exact topic. <laughs> we will have to link that out for sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. because my Facebook is my, and I, and you know, this may have just come out of like even when I was teaching, is you were made extremely aware that when what went on your personal page represented you, and because I own a business, because my husband owns a business, because we know a lot of people in town, our personal socials are, are our brand. That is my personal brand. And then because I own the company, that personal brand is the company. Um, and, and I, Cheryl, I think you, you might know this, but we haven't put our son on social at all. Not one time because mm -hmm. he had his picture out on social media and it made a lot of people really, we have a, like a private family thing we do, but it made a lot of people frustrated in the beginning, especially because it was COVID and we weren't going anywhere and they wanted to see pictures. And I'm like, you know, we just decided that he wasn't part of the brand. And we may change our minds at some point and decide we want to put pictures of them out there, but we haven't um, because my personal profile is my brand. When I did American Heart Association, it was a woman of impact last year. My Facebook personal cover was about the campaign and a branding photo that I took. And um, yeah, so I think that that is probably a mindset that has shifted, Cheryl. Like you can use your personal page. <laughs> yeah. And I think that I just wanted to go back to that question and surface that because for those that may be listening to this, it's not something that we often think about. 
Um, but I think it is something that we maybe contend with and struggle with when we're making business decisions on like, where is this appropriate? How should we put this out there? Um, especially when we're the business owners. Um, but even when we're not the business owners and we're working within an agency that we advocate for and really support and we love our jobs, like how much of that belongs on our personal socials that we are ambassadors for our businesses. I think it's a mix. Know? I really do. I think it's a, it's an entire presentation because people, people by people, right? Mm -hmm. And so seeing, you know, you like we take, I don't know, we're a charity event. We take a picture. My husband and I post it out there on our personal social. That's, that's hitting multiple markets, right? It's, it's personal. It's him and I, it's, we're at an event. We're showing kind of what we do and we're all multiple pieces in that are building the brand and the brand image and what that says. And, mm -hmm. and then posting out, oh, here's my team, you know, we're on a retreat or if we, I share probably 20 to 25% of what's on my personal page is my coming from my business page is the branded actual stuff that's coming from my business page. So it's, it's a balance. And I think you may have to just kind of feel out your market because everybody's market is different. Every age group is different. Everybody has mm -hmm. a different kind of makeup and I, and I say all this, but I focus on, on Facebook. I decided a long time ago that I could be really good at one social media channel. That's, I can be really good at one. And that's what I have the capability to be really good at. And that's where my clients were um, because of age and income. And that's just, and conversation where my clients were. So I only do Facebook. Um, a lot of people are more, this is what our, our kind of our speech is about next week is, is, is participate where you're comfortable. Participation drives results, right? Have mm -hmm. conversations, have strategic conversations. Make sure you, when you're in there talking about things that you're saying, hey, I have this knowledge because I am an insurance broker. I'm going to offer you this answer to your question based on the fact that I'm, hey, I'm an insurance broker. A lot of my clients go see Dr. You know, Dr. Joe for that um, and having those relevant conversations. But you can do that where you're already participating. If you're an Insta fan, you're on Instagram all the time, go have those conversations there. If you're a TikTok queen, go do it. One of my, one of my employees is a TikTok queen. <laughs> she, she posts the funniest videos uh, of herself doing really funny things. Um, but yeah, I always tell people just, just, you know, participate strategically in conversations where you already are. Yeah. I think that's really important. I think that's an important factor. And you kind of touched on a few things that um, were surfaced at the end of my episode with Leah Frazier, where we were talking about influencer marketing. And she said, influencers are not people who necessarily have millions of followers. Influencers are people mm -hmm. who have influence over the followers that they do have. Mm -hmm. to take action and the trust that is established there. And so when you were talking about Tanglewood Moms, for example, mm -hmm. and that being a space of, you know, a, a market for you or a space where you've gained a lot of support and a lot of trust. I mean, there's influence that's established within that network um, of women. And I think that's just really important to recognize. So People will like introduce me so my husband and I happen to like often know different circles of people and he'll introduce me oh my god I knew you from Tanglewood Moms <laughs> <laughs> 
And you don't have to live in Tanglewood to be on Tanglewood yeah, no, Moms. No. <laughs> Just no. an FYI on that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for backtracking and going back to that question, because I think it's an important thing to bring up um, when we're talking about business growth. Sometimes it seems like it's so easy, but there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes there um, that we either maybe intentionally do or don't recognize that we're doing so. And I think a lot of it, too, is, is people have to give themselves credit. You know, it's easy to not recognize that you are doing something strategically, you've done it strategically, or give yourself credit for it, right? That imposter syndrome is real. And I think feeling like, how did I get here? And then looking back and going, oh, wait, huh, I go, okay, yeah, I guess I am kind of, I did that right. (laughs) Yeah, there are things that my team recognize that I do, um, particularly in the storytelling side of things. And that's where we get some of our referrals. Somebody will hear a story and be so impacted by it, be like, can you do that for us? (laughs) And um, I didn't know that I was doing it. It's just one of my natural tendencies. I love to tell stories. Yeah, that's my favorite. It's when natural stuff just, you know. Makes things happen. Yeah. Yeah, and we lean into those, especially as business owners. So thank you so much for joining me today. This was awesome. I loved having this conversation. I know that you and I could talk for hours on end, um, but I appreciate it. And maybe we'll talk again in another episode. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.